Good morning. My name is Kelly Cisco. I am not Jeannie Hinkle. Jeannie uh, was not able to be here this morning, so um, as I told Pastor, you're stuck with me. A uh, few announcements this morning. Uh, blessing box reminder. We are only collecting non-perishable food and books for our blessing box. Any other items will be discarded. So thank you as we support um, this ministry to our community. Today's altar flowers are provided by Shirley Boston in honor of Ed's 90th birthday on January 16th. Now, they're not here this morning, but I did confirm they normally watch. So, Nancy, we're going to sing happy birthday. Everyone ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. birthday, Ed. Make sure that if you guys see him uh, in and around town or next time he's here, wish him a happy 90th birthday. Uh, missions committee meeting is Thursday, January 18th at 6 p.m. Anyone interested in missions is welcome. Free Friday is this Friday, January 19th at 5 p.m. There is a ministry table meeting on Saturday, February 3rd here at 9 a.m. Super Sunday. Save the date for February 11th. After church, we'll have a soup potluck. Watch for emails to uh, sign up for that. On Ash Wednesday, we will have a service uh, at the church. That is February 14th at 7 p.m. And then please just remember to record your attendance with us. There's these lovely little blue sheets. You can put those uh, in the uh, offering plate as they come by, but we are trying to make sure that we're able to track our membership and our attendance. Now, please let us join together in the breakthrough prayer. Amazing God, we pray that through the Holy Spirit, your preferred future for Groveport United Methodist Church will be made clear to us. Give us the courage we need to follow you wherever you may take us. We ask that you bind us together in love so that we can bring the good news of Jesus Christ to our friends, families, and community. Open our eyes so that we may see the amazing things you are already doing among us. Amen. Will you please now quiet your hearts for the prelude and the lighting of the altar candles. Stand as you're able for our opening music, Trust and Obey.
responsively the call to worship. Here we are, Lord. Here we are, Lord. Jesus, you have called us to this place. Here we are, Lord. Gracious Holy Spirit, inspire our hearts with courage and joy. Amen. We will now join in Here I Am, Lord. together the prayer of confession. Awesome God, you have made all of creation and each cell of our bodies. You know our thoughts and you know our sins. We desperately try to hide our mistakes, our weaknesses, our embarrassments, but you know it all. So, so we come before you now asking for your forgiveness even as you know the limits of our human capabilities. We know the unlimited power of your love. Forgive us, cleanse us, make us whole. Amen. Words of assurance. The God who has made us will never desert us. The God of creation is creating still, making us new. The God who love gave the God whose love gave us the gift of Jesus Christ is the same God whose love forgives and sustains us. Amen. You may be seated. The first scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 139, 1 through 6, and 13 through 18. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. 
you hem me in behind and before, and you lay upon your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. For you created my inmost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. This is the word of the Lord. And now is a time in which we can share with one another and lay before the Lord our joys and concerns. If you have a prayer concern, I would invite you to fill out a blue prayer request card there in your bulletin, and you can place that in the offering plate. You can also email us a prayer concern at any time at prayer at groveportumc.org, or you can also call the church office and talk to Nancy. I invite us now to be in a time and an attitude of prayer. invited to come and to, to kneel at the rail and, and someone will pray with you. Let us now be in a time of prayer. Holy God, we thank you for reminding us once again that you are Lord of all. You are Lord of our days. Lord of our world, Lord of our church. You are Lord of our present and our future. You reign sovereign over all and are never caught by surprise, never at a loss for what to do, never overwhelmed by the creation or the creatures you have made. We thank you for the reassurance of your presence. We trust in your eternal purposes. We rest in your bountiful grace. May our hearts become more deeply attuned to your action in the world that we might demonstrate the humility and obedience of Christ in all we say and do. Lord, because of our sincere trust in your goodness and care, we lift to you this day some of our deepest joys and concerns to you. 
Lord, we ask for your blessings to be with all of those recovering from recent medical procedures. We especially remember Donna, Cynthia, and Ed, Kenny, Paul, and Bart. Lord, in your mercy, We pray this day for all of those battling cancer in its many forms. Lori and Bobby, Trent and Doris, Susan and Becky, Tom and Joyce. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We ask for your healing hand to rest upon those with health issues. Steve and Ray, Tyler and Floyd, Melody and Gary. Lord, in your mercy, We pray for those this day who are in hospice care. We pray that they may know your love, forgiveness, and presence in this life and in the one to come. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for those with mental health concerns this day. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we ask that your loving care fall upon all of those who have recently lost loved ones. We especially remember Patty this morning who recently lost her brother Ron. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for all of those who who are lonely this day, those who without hope. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we thank you for this day, for this church and for one another. We praise you for new life that is all around us, for the laugh of children, the love of family and friends. We pray all of this in the name of the one who taught us so long ago to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We come to that time now where you can give back with our tithes and offerings. Um, you can give via the Ezekiel app. You can go to the church website at groveportumc.org, or you can mail a check, if you still have those, to the church here at 512 Main Street. Um, will the ushers please come forward?
Please stand for the doxology. to this place of prayer when we offer gratitude for all the blessings we enjoy and dedicate what we give that others might share in our bounty. Let us give let us let our giving be different this time. Let us not give out of routine. Let us not give out of guilt. Let us not give because we don't want others to see the offering plate pass by us without putting anything in it. Let us not pray by rote, but pause instead by the shore at the feet of Jesus. Let us feel the soft breeze and hear the babbling of the babies and see the love in the eyes of Jesus as his gaze falls upon us. And then in gratitude and awe, let us be like the child who offers what he has, bread and fish to feed the hungry through the grace of Jesus our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. And now would the children like to come up for our children's time? All right, are we all staying warm today? It's pretty cold outside. All right, today we are going to play a little bit of game. A little bit of game, oh my goodness. We're going to play a little game. How many of you have ever played Follow the Leader? All right, we're going to play Follow the Leader, so stand up. And because it was my idea, I'm going to be the leader. All right, so in case you don't know how it works, you do whatever I do. So if I start walking that way, what do you all do? Walk that way. If I'm walking and I start turning in circles, what do you do? If I fall down and am in huge amounts of pain, what do you do? You call 911. <laughs> all right, are you ready? All right, let's go. I don't know, we're going uphill, I forgot. We may, all right. I gotta keep doing so much circling. <laughs> we are gonna have an issue, all right. All right. I know. All right. All right. All right. Sit down. All right. You guys tired? Do we need a nap? All right. So, following the leader. That's what we're going to be talking about today. But instead of following me, what we're going to be talking about is following a different leader, and that's Jesus. So, just like you know, you guys followed me around here and did exactly what I do. When we follow Jesus, we're supposed to do exactly what he does, right? So that means that if somebody's mean to us, what do we need to do? Do, do we need to do what we want to do? Or no, we need to do what Jesus would do, right? If, uh, if your uh, mom or dad or grandma or grandpa tells you to pick something up, you should, because that's what Jesus would want, right? That's what Jesus would do. Huh? 
I'll put that on tape for you, so you can just put that on, 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 on rewind this afternoon. Um, yeah, oh my gosh, you're right, I am old. Tape, they're like, tape, what's tape? Yeah. Well, ask them in junior church, they'll be able to figure that out for you. All right, so just remember, uh, we, we are supposed to do as Jesus does. All right, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for these wonderful young uh, people and remind them and remind us all that we are to play follow the leader with you. Help us to follow what Jesus would do in everything we do. In his name we pray, amen. All right, you guys can head off to Junior Church if you want and uh, hope you guys stay warm. Today's second scripture reading comes from John 1, 43 through 51. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsidia. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, I very truly tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your Holy Word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. All right, quick show of hands. How many of you were cold this morning when you left your house. It's pretty cold outside. So I'm going to assume that the answer to this next question is going to be pretty high in the affirmative. How many of you drove here in a car of some sort or rode here in a car of some sort this morning? That's what I figured. Not very many people were walking when it's nine degrees outside. Now, Believe it or not, when you drive down the road, there are rules that you're supposed to follow. Now, I know driving around town, it doesn't always seem like there are rules, but there are some rules. And recently, Nationwide Insurance gathered some of the weirdest traffic laws from around the country. And these are all true laws that are still on the books. And just remember, most of these laws were written because something happened that someone thought there needed to be a law. So try to imagine what in the world happened that somebody would write a law about this. But in the state of Alabama, it is still illegal to drive while blindfolded. <laughs> that means someone tried it. In the state of Alaska, it is illegal to tie a dog to your car roof. In Arkansas, don't honk your horn anywhere that serves cold drinks or sandwiches after 9 p.m. In the state of Colorado, it's illegal to drive a black car on a Sunday in Denver. 
Very, very specific. In the state of Idaho, anyone over the age of 88 is forbidden to ride a motorcycle in the city of Idaho Falls. In Louisiana, a woman's husband is required by law to wave a flag, to wave a flag in front of her car before she can drive it. I don't even want to ask. In the state of Massachusetts, you cannot drive with a gorilla in your back seat. In Ohio, it is illegal to run out of gas in Youngstown. It's also a pretty good idea as well. But yes, it's illegal to run out of gas in Youngstown. And in Virginia, women are prohibited from driving a car on Main Street unless her husband is walking in front of the car waving a red flag. <laughs> well, you know, traffic laws in Jesus' day were a whole lot less stringent and weird since, well, most people of the poorer classes traveled by foot. Now, as, of course, did sheep and goats and pretty much everybody, by the way. And Jesus may have walked thousands of miles in his lifetime, all without ever honking a horn or making a left turn on red. But as he traveled, he began to define a, a different set of rules for those who would follow him on those ancient roads and for those of us who would follow him today. The story we read in today's lesson from the Gospel of John illustrates that Jesus' rules of the road are, are, are timeless and, and vitally important if we're going to stay on the right track as his disciples. The story this morning opens with Jesus on the road from the place of his baptism, likely on the Jordan River near the Dead Sea, back to Galilee, his, his home territory. The road running along the Jordan was uh, the main north-south route through the region, and, and as Jesus and, and his people would have, have traversed that many, many times as they went from Jerusalem back to the Galilee for various Jewish religious festivals. And having been baptized by John and, and, and commissioned for his mission, Jesus traveled north with Andrew and, and Simon Peter, his, his first two disciples in tow. And you know, even though that the Galilee was his final destination, we know that, that Jesus had a much longer journey in mind. In the town of Bethsaida, the hometown of, of Andrew and Peter, Jesus encounters two men to whom he will also teach the rules of the road. Three rules, in fact, to which everyone since has been compelled to adhere to if they too are going to become disciples of Jesus. The first rule is to follow. The first thing that Jesus asks his disciples and us to do is to follow him. To be a disciple of Jesus is to leave the route you were on and to take a narrow one-way road behind him. See, too often we've defined the rules of Christian faith, I think, in terms of what we believe about Jesus instead of focusing on actually following him and doing as he does. James 2.26 says this, So then, as the body without the spirit is dead, also faith without actions is dead. Those who might interpret the teachings of Jesus are, 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 are seen as sometimes enemies or I should say those who interpret Jesus' teachings differently than us, are sometimes seen as enemies rather than fellow travelers on the path toward righteousness 
through Christ. And what I say I believe about Jesus or about certain social issues becomes more important than what I'm actually doing. But see, my friends, when we are called to follow Jesus, we are called to do as Jesus does. We are called to follow Jesus and to live as Jesus lives. I love this quote from Henry Nouwen. He says, following Jesus means to let go of the eye and to move toward the other. Following Jesus means to dare to move out of ourselves and to slowly let go of building ourself up. In other words, we are called to follow Jesus. We are called to get up and to go and to do as Jesus does. And it's not about... Uh, uh, doing it to build ourselves up. It's about doing as Jesus would do for the betterment of his kingdom. The second thing that Jesus calls us to do is to come. Philip tells his friend Nathaniel about Jesus, right? Philip meets Jesus. He is inspired by Jesus. He is sure that Jesus is sent by God and is the Messiah, the one they have been waiting for. And Philip runs and he tells Nathaniel about Jesus, but Nathaniel is skeptical. Have you ever had a friend like that who is super excited about something and you, you're just thinking to yourself, really? And Philip, he runs to Nathaniel and he goes, Nathaniel, you've got to come meet Jesus. Jesus is He's the Messiah. I know he is. You should hear his teachings. I've never heard anybody teach. He, he heals in the name of God. You, you've got to come meet Jesus. And Nathaniel goes, well, where's this Jesus from? I never even heard of this guy. And he goes, oh, he's from Nazareth. And Nathaniel, who's from that area, goes, seriously, he's from Nazareth? Nothing good comes from Nazareth. Have you been to Nazareth? And Philip looks at Nathaniel, and he knows that he's skeptical. And he just says three words, come and see. Come and see. My friends, how often do we tell someone to come and see Jesus? Come and see Jesus. See, if you're like me, sometimes I think I have to sell Jesus to people, right? You want to come meet Jesus. Why? Well, because Jesus, he is super cool, right? And you try to make Jesus, you know, into some hipster and like, you know, skinny jeans and, you know, some ironic t-shirt or something. Or you try to make Jesus into something that they want, Right? Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh, you know, he is this or he is that. Instead of simply saying, come and see. And you too will experience the power of Jesus. You too will, will know that Jesus is the Messiah. And through him, your sins can be forgiven. Through him, new life can be had. Through him, life will never be the same. My friends, one of the key rules of the road for being a disciple of Jesus is having a desire to invite someone to come and see. Who can you invite to come and see Jesus? And remember, it's not about selling Jesus. It's about inviting somebody to experience Jesus for themselves. Because Jesus doesn't need sold. Jesus, Jesus is all he needs to be. We aren't to sell Jesus. We are to invite people to a life-changing experience with him. The final thing that we are to do, the final rule of the road of following Jesus is to see. See, Nathaniel, he, he was amazed when he finally did meet Jesus because Jesus knew him. 
Can you imagine that? Here's a guy you have never met, and he comes up. And he knew Nathaniel. He knew everything about him. He knew him in a deep and personal way. And Nathaniel was blown away. But the cool thing was is Nathaniel hadn't seen anything yet. My friends, following Jesus, following Jesus is a ticket to a wild ride with many twists and turns. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, time, you know this to be true. Those who accept the challenge of following Jesus and the invitation to come and see have the potential to do things that Jesus did. Yet many Christians, I think, are, are content with doing only the minimum of, of just following the rules that are the easiest to obey and, and, and taking only the roads that are clearly marked and safe and, and smoothly traveled. But if we dare to follow Jesus every place he goes, we can see amazing things. We can see lives transformed. We can see new life being brought out of dead spaces. We can know Jesus in a deep and profound way if we just follow him. But following Jesus is something we must do. We must go and we must see for ourselves. Are you willing to follow Jesus? Follow him where he leads, even if it's someplace uncomfortable, someplace inconvenient, someplace you don't want to go. My friends, there are many rules to the road. There are many rules to following Jesus. But the three that we need to follow, that we need to remember this day, is to come, to follow, and to see. Let us remember that as we hear Christ's invitation in our lives. Let us pray. Lord, help us to know the rules of the road. You call us to follow, to imitate you in our life, in our being. You call us to come and to see. Lord, we want to experience your love for ourselves this day. And as we partake in Holy Communion, help that to occur. Help us to feel your love this day through your holy sacrament. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Well, this morning we will be sharing together in Holy Communion. I would invite you to be in a prayerful attitude as we join together in the great thanksgiving. Lift your hearts up and give thanks to God. Blessed are you, O God, who with your word and Holy Spirit created all things and called them good. In Jesus Christ, your word became flesh and dwelt among us. Through Jesus' suffering and death, you took upon yourself our sin and death and destroyed the power, their power forever. You raised from the dead this same Jesus, who now reigns with you in glory and poured upon us your Holy Spirit, making us the people of your new covenant. On the night before meeting with dead, 
with death. Jesus, he took bread. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, Jesus took the cup. He gave thanks to you. He gave it to his disciples and he said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts, that in breaking of this bread and the drinking of this wine, we may know the presence of the living Christ and be renewed as the body of Christ for the world, redeemed by Christ's blood until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at your table forever. Through Christ, with Christ, in Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. My friends, this is the body of Christ, broken for you. And this, this is the blood of Christ shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. All is now ready. We practice open communion, which means that anyone who feels led is invited and encouraged to participate. We will be taking communion this morning through intinction, which means in just a moment, you will be invited to come forward. You will be given a small piece of bread. You will then dip that bread into the juice and then take both elements together. If you're unable to uh, safely make it uh, to the front, just stay where you are and uh, someone will be around shortly uh, to serve you in your seat. I'd like to ask those who will be helping to serve communion to come forward at this time and for us to be in an attitude of prayer and thanksgiving for the many wonderful things that God has given us. All is now ready. You may come.
Let us pray. Lord, you call us to follow you. And that is exactly what we want to do. Help us, Lord, to do so. To guide us when we stray off the path. Encourage us to keep up with you. Lord, as we partake of this bread and juice this morning, we are once again reminded of your deep abiding love for us. And through this sacrament, we are once again brought into union with your grace. Thank you for the many things you have blessed us with. In your name we pray. Amen. If you're able, let's stand and join together in our closing hymn, number 430, O Master, Let Me Walk With Thee. Last Sunday on my way home, I was going down Lithopolis Road and I ran into a traffic jam. That doesn't happen a lot. And the reason we were driving at five miles an hour is that there was a labradoodle running down the middle of the street. And right behind it was a minivan with its lights on, its doors open, people hanging out the side with lunch meat. That dog went right, that van went right. That dog went left, that van went left. The dog finally got off the road, ran into the field around the roundabout. It too must have been confused like most people seem to be. <laughs> and those people, they jumped out of that van and they ran after that dog. They followed that dog 
And they came back with that dog on the leash, and everybody seemed super happy. The dog, the people. Why were they following that dog? Why did they go left? Why did they go right? Why were they hanging out of a moving vehicle with lunch meat? Because they loved that dog. And it reminded me of, am I willing to follow Jesus like they were following that dog? Do I love Jesus like that? That I'm willing to go left, I'm willing to go right, I'm willing to run through a field because I'm following him? My prayer for all of us this week is that we will love Jesus enough to follow him no matter where he goes. Left, right, up, down, through a field, in a roundabout. Because we love Jesus. Let us go and follow him. Amen.